Hey, it's Kyle Meredith, host of the Kyle Meredith with podcast, presented by WFPK at WFPK.org and the Consequence Podcast Network. It's a series that puts the spotlight on iconic musicians and actors, inviting them to drop by and talk about their latest projects, whether it's albums, TV shows, films, or beyond. I'm going to say something I don't want to say. Here it goes. Without Spinal Tap, there is no Tenacious D. Whoa. <laughs> Man. We get great stories and the biggest scoops from people like Garbage's Shirley Manson, the 1975's Matty Healy, Jack Black and Kyle Gass of Tenacious D, Maya Hawk, Kiefer Sutherland, and everyone in between. New episodes arrive every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, so it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover some new ones. You can find Kyle Meredith with on the Consequence Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Good for a Weekend. I'm Cressy. And I'm Allie. And you're listening to an individually recorded episode where one of us has some thoughts to share, and they aren't quite long enough for a full-blown episode. Yes, we're working on our regular length episodes, but had something to say in the meantime. So, without further ado, welcome to I Did Something Cressy. I never trust a narcissist, but they love me. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of I Did Something Cressy on everything that matters in the Look What You Made Me Do music video. But first, I did want to give two quick shout outs to two of my side hustles. As y'all know, we do not have ads on Good for a Weekend, so this is not an ad or anything like that. These are just two things I personally do in my spare time. So the first is So Straws. I've mentioned this on the pod before, sostraws.com. It's a paper straw company I started with one of my good friends in college. Basically, we saw that paper straws suck. They taste gross, they fall apart, they don't hold up in cocktails or smoothies, and we decided to fix that. We made a better straw, just to put it plain and simple, and we called it So Straws, S-O, standing for Save the Ocean Straws. 10% of our profits go to ocean-saving charities. We actually just donated to Oceana, so it would mean a lot to me if y'all would check us out, and that is SoStraws.com. And secondly, because of course we're still in quarantine, I have nothing better to do with my time, I made an Etsy store. It is Cressy Cornice Store on Etsy. I don't expect anyone to know how to spell my name, so don't worry, I'll have that in the show notes. But I make these rainbow sun catchers that cling to windows, and I have them in shapes of famous artworks, like I have Girl with Pearl, um... Blue Nude 1 and 2 by Matisse, uh, The Dance by Matisse, I have Picasso's Doves. I'm constantly adding new art-inspired pieces in there, and if you have any suggestions for anything on there, let me know and I might add it. So yeah, um, I'll have that in our show notes. It would mean a lot if you would check that out as well. And that's just two side hustles not affiliated with Good for a Weekend. This is not paid because I would just be paying myself, so... <laughs> Yeah, check those out if you would like. And if you don't, that's cool too. Let's get on with the episode. We're going to break this down frame by frame, starting with the graveyard. The first thing we see is Taylor's tombstone that says, Here lies Taylor Swift's reputation. This obviously refers to the hashtag Taylor Swift is over party from 2016, which was in response to Kim Kardashian releasing the phone call. Yep, that phone call. 
It was the conversation between Taylor and Kanye West about his song Famous from his 2016 album The Life of Pablo. So if you aren't sure what I'm talking about, which I I don't know if that's even possible if you're listening to a Taylor Swift podcast and you have no idea what I'm talking about. If you somehow um, skipped all of this, I'm jealous. I wish we all did. But if you want to learn more, we have a two-parter episode on this. Completely breaking down the relationship Taylor has with Kim Kardashian and Kanye West. And uh, the VMAs, the phone call, the aftermath. It's two hours just breaking everything down. So highly recommend if you want to learn more. Then we cut to a zombie Taylor filling her own grave with dirt. And inside the grave is a dead Taylor. Zombie Taylor is wearing the blue dress from her Out of the Woods music video from 1989, which came out uh, three years prior to this um, music video and three years prior to Reputation, the album. So what's interesting about this is Out of the Woods was actually the last single Taylor released from 1989. So it's showing that Taylor is picking up exactly where things left off when we last saw her in her music video world, which I think is really interesting. And the dead Taylor in the grave is wearing the gown she wore to the 2014 Met Gala, which I also think is interesting. She uh, notably attended that with Carly Kloss. And if you want to learn more about that, we have a two-parter on Carly Kloss. That's all I'm going to say about that. And in the background of this scene where she's filling the grave, you can see a headstone engraved with Niall Shaborg, which is her songwriting pseudonym that we saw credited as one of the writers for Calvin Harris's song, This Is What You Came For. Um, maybe we'll do an episode completely breaking down the relationship. He's not that interesting, but as far as I know, he pretty much said, we will never work together. And this was after they had already worked together, but Taylor just used a pseudonym, so no one knew. And that upset Taylor because clearly they have worked together. Uh, whatever. I'm sure there was more to it. They broke up in 2016. There were also some tweets from Calvin, um, kind of attacking Taylor. We read those in our Tay Voodoo episode. I feel like this episode is going to have me shouting out a bunch of our old ones, but if you have been a listener, I don't want to be redundant. You can check those out if you want to. I think that this headstone saying Niall Shaborg shows that she is done hiding behind her faux personas and that like the secret identity or identities is dead. She's going to take credit for everything she does from here on out. And the lyrics of this scene are, I don't like your little games. Don't like your tilted stage. The role you made me play of the fool. No, I don't like you. So Taylor never specifically names anyone here, but Kanye did use a tilted stage during his tour for the album that had Famous on it. So this is possibly a jab at that. Then the line, the role you made me play of the fool, refers to the role of a snake or a shady bitch, a fake, all of the names that she was called in 2016, that Taylor was forced to play after Kim released that phone call on Snapchat. So regardless of Kanye's stage being tilted, the tilted part can also be generally thought of as just being put in a rigged, one-sided situation for their personal gain. 
the release of the phone call. Because it was all from them. No one cared what her response was. As far as anyone at the time knew that wasn't a Taylor fan, um, this phone call is like smoking gun evidence that Taylor is a shady bitch and she has been this whole time and she can't be trusted. Then we cut to the bathtub scene. Taylor is sitting in a bathtub of diamonds that reportedly cost over $10 million. These were real diamonds, not CGI effects. And this is mocking critics who look at Taylor as this money-hungry, starved-for-fame, vapid pop star, you know? And just over her shoulder on the left is a $1 bill that you can see symbolizing her lawsuit win against David Mueller, a former Colorado radio DJ who groped Taylor in 2013 at a backstage meet and greet for her red tour. Mueller was fired from his job and was asking for $3 million for the loss of his career in a lawsuit against Taylor. Taylor countersued Mueller for sexual assault for just $1, and she won. The lyrics of this scene are, I don't like your perfect crime, How you laugh when you lie, you said the gun was mine, isn't cool, no, I don't like you. So the perfect crime Taylor refers to here can go back to the incident with Kim and Kanye. Taylor claimed she was not aware of Kanye's degrading lyric and famous. Again, you can listen to that two-parter episode we have if you want to get into it. I'm just going to be pretty brief. But uh, just having a phone call recording edited perfectly is a perfect crime. And then the line, you said the gun was mine. That can be thought of as those believing the incident with Kimye was her fault. Like it was her gun. This was on you, girly. You killed your own career. Then we come to my favorite scene where Taylor is sitting on a gold throne with snakes pouring tea around her. There's actually 13 total snakes, which I love. We also have an episode on the number 13 and Taylor, if you want to listen to it. I think it's one of our most popular episodes. So there's actually a lot to unpack in this scene. Here we see Taylor sitting on this golden throne, and the snakes are obviously referring to Taylor being called a snake at the time. During the feud with Kimye, Taylor's social media at the time was bombarded with snake emojis from Kim and Kanye fans, which is not a compliment. This is where we first see Taylor taking this negative title of being a snake and branding it as her own. Like, think about the reputation tour, y'all, and just how many snakes were everywhere. And this was the first time we see a snake was in this music video, when this music video came out. What a moment for pop culture. So one of the snakes is pouring Taylor a cup of tea, alluding to the act of spilling the tea. You know, the colloquialism, meaning to share gossip. So then the camera zooms in on the arms of the throne, where we see the words et tu brut, which means anu brutus in Latin. So this is a phrase from the William Shakespeare play Julius Caesar. And this phrase is still used today in reference to being unexpectedly betrayed by a friend. Um, In the scene that this happens, Caesar is being stabbed to death by Brutus, um, specifically being stabbed in the back (laughs) during Caesar's assassination. And he is realizing that his friend Brutus betrayed him. So, et tu, Brut, and you, Brutus. Like, you too. And the lyrics of this scene are, 
But I got smarter, I got harder in the nick of time. Honey, I rose up from the dead, I do it all the time. I've got a list of names and yours is in red underlined. I check it once, then I check it twice. Oh. So let's start with the first two lines here. Every controversy Taylor has faced, she comes back stronger and better than ever. Like Grammy award winning strong. She reminds us that she rose up from the dead. Like her literal year-long hiatus from the public eye. No one saw her for a year. She rose up from the dead with this new critically acclaimed album. Now let's talk about the list of names. I've got a list of names and yours is in red underlined. In her 1989 song, Blank Space, she sings she has a long list of ex-lovers. So it's possibly Taylor hinting that this list is not exclusively ex-romantic partners, but maybe ex-friends too. Um, Taylor does say yours is in red underlined. Um, this could be referring to the iconic scene in the movie Mean Girls and the Burn Book. It's when Regina George writes out uh, she is a fugly slut, Regina George. She's writing it herself, if you haven't seen the movie, to kind of set up the other girls. And she underlines the name in red. And the song itself is set to a beat from Mean Girls. And again, I'll have a link that shows this. It's pretty uncanny when you have it side by side. So I do think that this line could be referring to Mean Girls, the burn book, actually. And this is where Katy Perry comes into play of look what you made me do. Now, we know Katy and Taylor are cool now, but things weren't great back in the day. After Taylor mentioned an ex-friend who stole her backup dancers in a Rolling Stone interview in 2014, Katy Perry tweeted that we should watch out for Regina George in sheep's clothing. Hmm. So Taylor uses the beat from Mean Girls and the name and red underlined from Mean Girls. Maybe referring to Katy Perry. And then we get to the next scene, the car crash. In this scene, we see Taylor crash on a dead end street, clutching a Grammy. Uh, she's kind of got a Katy Perry haircut, won't lie. <laughs> um, it kind of sounds familiar for anyone who is a Taylor fan because of the song Red from her Red album and its opening line. Loving him is like driving a new Maserati down a dead-end street. She just crashed in a dead-end street. Red failed to win Album of the Year at the Grammys, which crushed Taylor. Like, she's talked about this a lot. This really, really broke her down, especially the way they held out the sound. So she thought she won. She didn't. And it marked the complete change Taylor had from completely ditching country to go full pop. So some people say this is another job at Katy Perry especially since she's holding a Grammy because Katie has not gotten one yet and she's got the same haircut. But I see it more as paparazzi thriving off of her car crash moments because in the scene we see flashes of lights and photographers kind of surrounding this car crash. Um, there's no one there to help her. She's like in the car posing for the camera, clutching the Grammy. And this reminds me of when Kanye stormed the stage at the 2009 VMAs and interrupted Taylor's acceptance speech. Um, no one stepped in, you know, this scene kind of shows that the media only cares about the crash. It's kind of interesting to me, but I won't lie. It does look physically like Katy Perry here. So maybe it's a double meaning. Who knows? 
Plus the dress she is wearing in this scene has snake skin like sequins. She is decked in cheetah and has an actual cheetah in the passenger seat. Perhaps a nod to Katy Perry's album Roar? Uh, I don't know. And some people have mentioned that the car Taylor crashes looks a bit like the car from Katy Perry's Waking Up in Vegas music video. So make a vow what you will. And during the scene, the lines are the chorus. Oh, look what you made me do. Look what you just made me do. We've all heard it. And um, just quickly, I want to say, what do you think? they made Taylor do. You know? What do you what did they make her do? I think it's three things. They made her kill the old Taylor. Two, write a song about it. And three, make a lot of money from the song. I think that's what they made her do. But I would love to know what y'all think. This is still up for debate even years later. The song is called Look What You Made Me Do, so what do you think they made her do? Let's move on to the next scene, the birdcage. So this scene gets glossed over by a lot of articles, um, other places I've seen dissect this music video, which is a shame because I think that this scene has so much to unpack. Like the use of a cage can be a reference to the price that comes with fame, no privacy, constant scrutiny, etc. And more importantly, the cage is gold. The cage being made of gold reminds me of how occasionally people will judge celebrities or Taylor for their less than happy moments because like, how could they be sad when they have all this money? I also think that this can be looked at as her being a bird and she's caged up sort of like a canary or a songbird, lovebird. I, I don't know much about species of birds that people keep as pets, but kind of like a um, sing for me, you know, like sing for me, you little canary, like. I own you. You are my pet. Um, you exist for my entertainment. You are in a cage. You are mine. You are not free. Um, all you can do is sing for me. Her outfit also looks like an orange jumpsuit that we see in prison. Or if you have never been to prison, uh, we know that they're orange from TV shows like Orange is the New Black. The lyrics in this scene are also so good. I don't like your kingdom keys. They once belonged to me. You asked me for a place to sleep, locked me out, and threw a feast. What? So there's a lot. There's a lot to unpack here. Oh boy. So when thinking of her album as a whole, the Kingdom Keys can relate to the song, This Is Why We Can't Have Nice Things. In the song she sings, So why'd you have to rain on my parade? I'm shaking my head. I'm locking the gate. So we can also think about the extravagant 4th of July parties and Taylor just being known as a lovely hostess overall which we do know from several interviews from her and her friends. She's got snacks, she makes cookies, she has guest bedrooms for everyone. She throws good parties. And I think this can also be related to Carly Kloss because um, Carly Kloss used to have a guest bedroom in Taylor's apartment. And apparently part of their falling out was due to Carly having people over without asking Taylor first. So uh, make of that what you will. Listen to our Carly part one and part two episode if you want to learn more about that. We definitely unpack that one. But I do think we can all agree that after the phone heard around the world, she stopped having these parties. And the locked me outline can be thought of how one-sided the Kimye situation was. Like Kimye had complete control over the gossip. 
And then the line, and through a feast, can relate to the Taylor Swift is over party, when people literally celebrated this downfall. It can also be related to Katy Perry's song, Bon Appetit, where Katy is actually a feast in the music video. I don't know. I think there's a lot to unpack there. Make of it what you will. Let's move on to the robbery. In this scene, Taylor is in a bank vault. She is swinging a bat around while wearing a cat mask, which to me is referring to her title as a crazy cat lady. And it's very clearly a heist. Like she has assistance with her breaking into this place. Um, to me, this is a shout out to the open letter she wrote to Apple Music in 2015, condemning them for not paying artists during the service's three month free trial for their streaming service. Taylor says, quote, three months is a long time to go unpaid. And it is unfair to ask anyone to work for nothing. We don't ask you for free iPhones. Please don't ask us to provide you with our music for no compensation, end quote. And after publishing this open letter, Apple responded quickly that artists would be paid during this three-month free trial. The bank vault in this scene has a marquee with the name Streamco on it. She has since made up with Apple Music and Spotify, streaming her entire discography to both. So I think... This can be, uh, like, her reclaiming the money that's, that was stolen, like, quote-unquote stolen from artists. And Taylor also burns a wad of cash in this scene, possibly suggesting her fight against these streaming services was not about her money, necessarily. Like, she was doing it for others. I think it also can be viewed as her being maybe frivolous, just like the bathtub scene, like, she doesn't care about money or she doesn't need money. So why should she care about what Apple and Spotify does? Um, it could be criticism as her seeming like a, like a cash grabber, like she's just in it for the money. There's a lot you can unpack from this scene. Let's talk about the lyrics now, though. The world moves on another day, another drama, drama. But not for me, not for me. All I think about is karma. I wish I was filming this because I'm like pointing angrily right now. I think this is my favorite bit of lyrics from this song. Because so true. Okay. But not for me, not for me. All I think about is karma. And then the world moves on, but one thing's for sure. Maybe I got mine, but you'll all get yours. I love this line so much. We're not even gonna, we're just not even gonna get into how much I love it. Let's just get into what these lyrics mean. Karma may forgive, but won't forget. Taylor saying what goes around comes around and the list of people who wronged her will get theirs one day. And in 2021, we know this to be true. Then we get to the squad scene. Oh, this scene is so iconic. So Taylor is like in this BDSM-esque uh, Dom outfit. Uh, with She's got a whip in her hand too and it's like a factory and there's these signs that say squad and this is a jab at her squad. Again, we have an episode on the squad. Check it out. And I think this refers to how much people care, like who's still in the squad, who's out, um, and how perfect everyone in the squad is and how they're all model-esque and they're like perfect factory made. And the people that they show in it, the women, they're like shiny. It looks like they rubbed baby oil all over their faces and they're not moving. They're like robotic, honestly, like they were made with cookie cutters just for Taylor, you know, or that they're shallow and fake and just not real. They're not real friends to Taylor. And the chorus plays during this scene. Then we get to the beck and call scene. 
This is where we see Taylor in the fishnet tights and thigh highs, and she walks through what looks like a mansion, and they drop everything to rush to her side. So this is probably referring to her being a serial dater, and that she kind of dominates men, or uh, not dominates, like emasculates men. I think that's a better word to use. Like she's controlling and addicted to just controlling men, and adding them to her list of ex-lovers for new songs. And when she snaps her fingers, the men take off their outerwear to reveal I Heart TS shirts, which is perhaps a nod to the one ex-boyfriend Tom Hiddleston wore at her 4th of July party at 2016. Now, I do need to defend Tom here. If I remember correctly, he spilled something on the shirt he was wearing and someone was like, oh, I have this I Heart Tia shirt. Do you want to change into it like as a joke to be funny? And he did, and of course, paparazzi took pictures of it, and it sort of added to this narrative, like, oh my god, Taylor's boyfriend of, like, what, like, three weeks is already wearing, like, I heart Taylor Swift shirts, like, he's so whipped, you know? But there was actually an explanation behind it. And some have also pointed out that there are eight dancers in the video, which is the number of her famous ex-lovers at the time. It's heavily choreographed as well which could also be a response to the mockery Taylor has received over the years on her dancing skills. Like people used to really make fun of the way she danced. And here she has this awesome, awesomely choreographed, well-executed scene of her. Y'all, I tried to learn this dance at the beginning of quarantine. Um, I couldn't walk for like two days after because of all the squatting and it's hard, but I also can't dance either. So maybe it's not that hard, but I pulled up all these YouTube tutorial videos. <laughs> it's tough stuff for, for a regular skinny gal like me with no curves or moves to her body. And the chorus continues in this scene. Now let's move on to the most iconic scene of this music video, the Tower of Taylors. Wow. Okay. Here we see Taylor standing in front of a capital T on a literal mountain of old Taylors, old Taylor Swift's and iconic outfits she's worn over the years. We see Taylor from You Belong With Me and We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together, a Shake It Off ballerina outfit, uh, the bejeweled guitar country Taylor, the top hat Taylor from Red. There's ones from award shows and just a lot of her iconic looks. What's interesting to me is a lot of these outfits they had to recreate because she's donated some of these to museums. So just a fun little fact there. If you ever notice for some reason that they're not exactly the same, that's why. Uh, the old tailors are all fighting each other. It's kind of this grotesque scene of these young tailors just fighting each other to the death, honestly. It's kind of scary because they're all like toppled on top of each other um skin to skin someone's getting trampled okay they're all trying to get to the top of the mountain and they're willing to kill each other to get up to the top uh the lyrics in the scene are are very telling i don't trust nobody and nobody trusts me i'll be the actress starring in your bad dreams i don't trust nobody and nobody trusts me i'll be the actress starring in your bad dreams so, oh my God, these lines make me so sad, even though I know they're so good, because after the Kimye incident, 
people just stop trusting her. And I, I can see why she didn't trust herself either because anything she said was completely construed to fit at someone else's narrative, you know? So you, you can't even trust yourself even when you know that you're telling the truth. It just goes to show how uh, tarnishing the whole snake gate thing was to her reputation. And the last line about being the actress starring in your bad dreams, she opens up her arms, making the tower of old Taylor's crumble and fall back. And while the Taylors are falling, it cuts to Taylor on the phone saying, I'm sorry, the old Taylor can't come to the phone right now. Why? Oh, because she's dead. Did you all just get chills? Because I did. So there's a lot to unpack here. Uh, We see her ring in this scene. It's like zoomed in on her hand holding the phone. And she's got a snake ring. That's obviously referring to the phone call. The hashtag Taylor Swift is over party. Hashtag RIP Taylor Swift call. You know, the one. And it also could be referring to a scene from our song. One of her first music videos ever. There's a scene where she's holding an old school phone just like this. And that could be referring to the old Taylor, like the literal old Taylor. She's telling us that she's not that Taylor anymore. She's dead. She has buried her. R.I.P. And after this, the chorus plays again. And several past scenes from the video cut in while she's standing with her I Heart TS boys. It's kind of like a montage of everything we just saw before. And then we get to the ending. Oh, lordy. So the ending has all of the Taylors and the music video lined up and they take a bow to applause. There's some crowd, I guess. And there is another Taylor in the background spray painting reputation onto a plane, suggesting that that's the new Taylor. So this is, this is what happens. I'm gonna share the, the transcripts from this scene. You belong with me, Taylor. You guys! Zombie Taylor, stop making that surprise face. It's so annoying. Shake it off, Taylor. Yeah, you can't possibly be that surprised all the time. Snake Taylor hisses. Dancing fishnet tights, Taylor. Pointing towards Zombie Taylor. What's with that, bitch? Zombie Taylor, don't call me that. Bejeweled guitar, Taylor. Y'all! Top hat red, Taylor. Oh, stop acting like you're so nice. You are so fake. Bejeweled guitar Taylor starts crying. Top hat red Taylor mocks her with her hands. Motorcycle Taylor, oh, there she goes, playing the victim. Again. Snake Taylor hisses. Again. Met Gala Taylor, softly. What are you doing? Cheetah print Taylor, typing on her phone. Getting receipts. Gonna edit this later. 2009 VMAs Taylor, clutching a word and holding a microphone. Um, I would very much like to be excluded from this narrative. All Taylors at once, holding hands over their ears. Shut up! Okay. <laughs> Thank y'all for bearing with me for that. I hope, I hope you were able to follow. So in this scene, we get a reference to that bitch in the line, Kanye song Famous. And the Kimye phone call incident with the cheetah print Taylor getting receipts suggests that it was edited in a misleading way, which as of March 2020... We know it was actually edited in a misleading way. Getting receipts. Gonna edit this later. It was edited, y'all. Wow, isn't it so great to look back at things and just know you were right the whole time? Love to see it. So the most iconic line in all of this is the 2009 VMAs Taylor clutching her award saying, 
I would very much like to be excluded from this narrative, which annoys the other Taylors, making them scream, shut up. So Taylor said this exact quote in a now deleted 2016 Instagram post, which she also shared on Twitter. So it was basically like a notes app screenshot, sort of like the notes app apology we see a lot. Um, It was captioned that moment when Kanye West secretly recorded your phone call, then Kim posted on the internet. I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's a it's a paragraph and you can listen to our Kimye part one and part two episode if you want to get into that. But basically she ends it with, I would very much like to be excluded from this narrative, one that I have never asked to be a part of since 2009. And that's uh, every reference in the music video that I think that matters. Wow, I'm already at 40 minutes. Uh, Good thing I have about five minutes of ums and pauses I can take out. Let's hope I can get this down to 30 minutes. Um, I will have all pictures and screen caps related to this episode on our website, gfaweekend.com. And thank you for listening to another episode of I Did Something Cressy. This was chaotic, wasn't it? I never trust a narcissist.